The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast and are presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Scott Rachel, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Sam Jacob. And together, it is officially time to go through the quarterfinals of the Australian Open on the men's side. It's currently Monday, January 23rd. A lot of interesting matches there in the round of 16. Now, we move on to the final eight. Sam, you excited to go through the final eight? Any big surprises from the round of 16? Yeah, there's a there's a few few pretty big surprises based off just performances, and I would just like to point out the uh, Nishioka match where Hoshanov was able to six zero six zero him in the first two sets, and then it looked a lot different in the third set after game three where Nishioka kind of was even with Hoshanov more time or did not go six zero in the second sets and that seven six was maybe in the second set. I think he had a, a decent shot of taking a couple of sets there just based off quality of play at the time. Uh unfortunately did get six six mode in the first two sets. And then also Lahashiko with a big, big, big win over Augur Aliasim. Not a lot of people saw that coming. We definitely didn't. You said he was gonna win a set. I don't which was, I mean, obviously the correct prediction there, but I don't think either of us thought he was going to win the match. So that was that was pretty wild there. And then uh, at the end of the uh, round, we saw Djokovic uh, pull through without any problems, absolutely uh, destroying Demon Hour, which we both didn't expect to happen too much. But, you know, it's, it's Novak Djokovic. And like I said earlier in the tournaments, we don't know if he's going to be in- injured or he's going to pull through and it's looking like he's he's pulling through yeah it definitely looks that way uh but to actually look at uh well some of the matches in particular that kind of surprised me to some degree i did not expect to see shelton uh in the quarters so props to him for making all the way up to this point unfortunately for me my two long shots died in the same quarter i had batista goot and wolf and they both lost uh, in the round of 16, so I don't even have anybody left there. Pretty annoying when you have two double-digit underdogs and they end up both losing at the same time right near the finish line. Other than that, though, for my lock and dog, I ended up losing uh, the dog as I had Diminor plus five and a half. I was going to dare Djokovic to look healthy, and he beat the crap out of him. It was really just one-man traffic. It looked like it was going to be... Um, potential 6-0 in a couple of separate sets. He dominated, looked fully healthy, and he addressed that afterwards, saying he didn't feel any pain with the hamstrings, so hopefully that remains the case moving forward. As for my lock, though, I had Tommy Paul on the money line against Batista Agut. A couple of easy sets, then you had a tricky set there in the fourth, but Tommy Paul broke at 5-5, got the uh, break it and then ended up holding it 6-5 to win the match. Uh, the main match from yesterday was probably the Rune-Rublev match, which was just an insane amount of choking by Rune. Uh, led 5-2 in the fifth set. Only one break, though. Uh, got broken to love serving for the match. Then had two match points at uh, 6-5 on Rublev serve. Choked those away. Then led 5 nothing in the super breaker and lost the match. It was really, really embarrassing. In hindsight, I'm assuming Djokovic beats Rublev anyway, or he would have beaten Rune anyway. 
But that was definitely rough when it comes to choke jobs I've witnessed firsthand. It was not pretty what happened with Rune in the fifth set. Yeah, he's still a young player, so I got to give him a little bit of a pass here, but he really should have won that match. And just to quickly go over my picks from last podcast, I had J.J. Wolf, who lost in a five-set thriller to Ben Shelton. He was up 2-1. Uh, so, yep, right, he was up 2-1, lost a breaker, then ended up um, losing, uh, getting broken twice last set, losing 6-2. So that was a close one, but it ended up being a loss. And then... Uh, I went back to the well with Tom Paul, my one and a half games, and my underdog at plus 110. Winner again, that's three in a row for the Tommy Paul underdog. And um, it just, it was an easy cruise from the very start when he won the first set 6 2. Uh, Bautista took one set 6 4, then Tommy Paul won 6 2. And even at that point, if Bautista Agu won the match, I would have maybe covered even. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I went one and one with uh, my lock and dog. Yeah, so same here, uh, but to look at, well, uh, the I'm just going to go quickly on some of the outright odds. Not going to spend much time on it. Djokovic is now minus 210. He was roughly plus 110 around to go Sick. because he looked really, really good. Then it's because of the fact that he stated afterwards he felt no pain, and that's a big deal. We know Djokovic went healthy would have easily been in the minus 200 range this entire time. But now that we have some reassurance that the worst of the injury might be behind him, I think we'll agree the price is probably warranted and that I was probably wrong when I said I don't think he's going to end up getting it done because he it looked night and day based on how well he looked in yesterday's match compared to the Dimitrov match from a couple days ago. Yeah, absolutely. The first set of the Dimitrov match, he was really giving up on points. Uh, if he was on the other side of the court when D- where Dimitrov hit it to the other side, then he would just give up on it because he would he thought he'd be able to overpower him on most points anyway. So he just give give up those points. But I don't think we saw that much on the Demon Hour match. Yeah, we didn't. And there were a lot of long points involved. Djokovic wore him down. He's the better player. Uh, D- Dimitrov never stood a chance. So in hindsight, my bet was horrible. But I was gambling on the injury, and it turns out mm-hmm. that Djokovic was completely fine. So, is what it is. Either way, at least we both won on Tommy Paul, and hopefully so, we'll end up sweeping uh, in this podcast. But It's so funny how every single time you think that Djokovic might be at that point where he actually is not going to be able to pull through, he just pulls through. Like mm-hmm. He's just not at that point in his career. Like I mentioned in a previous podcast that, uh, you know, we're seeing Nadal be at that point in his career where injuries are impacting him to the point that he's not able to pull through. I guess Djokovic is just not there yet. Yeah, Nadal's had injuries for a while, but usually they're, like, far between. He had a leg injury a couple years ago, and that was the only injury he was dealing with. It seems like Nadal is at the point in his career where a lot of the injuries are leading into other injuries, and maybe that's because mm-hmm. the body's trying to compensate, or maybe that's just because his body's wearing down at the same time in various different areas. But I do agree with you about your point. Djokovic just finds a way to perform and to somehow get healthier as tournaments go on, which doesn't really make any sense logically. But either way, props to Djokovic for dominating and props to Rublev for coming back last night and props to Tommy Paul for making us money. But either way, time to transition over to the actual quarters. I got one, one thing I, I'm just going to mention my outrights uh, for the for the beginning first podcast. My two underdogs have lost at this point. I had Herc Hudson Tiafo. Uh, both lost. Herkos just lost a quarter and a nice five-setter. That was a tough match to see. I think it, it went to a tie-break. It was it's a five-set super breaker, yeah. 
And then uh, I still have Djokovic. I think I had it at plus 110. It might have been minus 110. I do not remember exactly, but I still have Djokovic in there for my lock to win the tournament. Yeah, we both took Djokovic to win, but you had it as your lock. So uh, moving on to the quarters, we'll go in chronological order, sticking with the format. We'll go through all four matches and then go through our lock and dog picks. This is going to be a bit shorter, not just because we have less matches, but also because, to be honest, I feel like we've covered a lot of these players already. So we also know the matches start at roughly 10 o'clock Eastern time. So figured we might as well try to get out of here early so we can get this posted early for all of you to hear. But starting off with the match taking place at 10 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, you have Kakanov taken on Korda, a rematch of the Wimbledon matchup from a couple of years ago where nobody could hold serve in the fifth set. Pretty even on the actual money line, but Korda is the slight favorite at around minus 125. Uh, Kakanov the other way is around plus 110. Game spread minus one and a half for Korda, plus one and a half for Kakanov, and the over under is 39 and a half. Uh, the over for three and a half sets is minus 200. And Sam, I'm going to ask you right here. First of all, I think we're going to agree that Korda should be favored slightly. The question is, do you think there's value on Korda as a favorite? Because I'm not sure there is. Uh, I think at the end of the day, Corda will take the match. Uh, I think it'll be very, very close. It's it's really one of those toss-ups that I saw exactly with the Corda Hercats match. Um, Hashanov, hats off to him, played very well against Nishioka in the first two sets. Or, or Nishioka didn't play so well, but still got it done pretty easily there. But I think this one uh, definitely has a chance to go five again, uh, which may not be so good for Korda. But I think I do think that Korda will get it done just by quality of play at this point. And I think that's where you have to go. I don't think anyone's really facing too tough of fatigue. I think Korda's young enough so that even if he just played a five-setter, he'll be okay for this match. I think it's just a really, really, really close one. Yeah, I think it's going to be very close as well. Uh, I think if I was leaning anywhere, it would be the over, but I'm trying to figure out which over I want to take. If you think Corda's going to win the match, maybe you should probably take the over 20 and a half games because that way if it goes five, you get a breaker in there. You might have a shot to cash that even if he doesn't win if it goes four or five sets. In reality, I think Corda... You know what? I think I'm actually going to go with Kakanov. I was impressed by what I saw with Kakanov, and even though Nishioka didn't come out well in the first two sets... Kakanov was unreal. And even the third set, I thought he was good. Nishioka just picked up his level. Korda, I still have an issue with the unforced errors. And Herkaz came out, almost beat him. Korda was holding on for dear life there to get into the breaker. And he ended up holding on to actually get it done. I believe Kakanov I, I, I believe Kakanov didn't... Did he face a break point? I'm not even sure if he did. I think he might have. He got broken early in the third set when he was up a break. I think after that, he held relatively easily for the rest of the match. Korda had some issues. I believe Herkaz did have a break point or so in the fifth set, just didn't convert. I think it's very close. It's a coin flip for me. My favorite play is actually going to be a prop. I'm a big fan of Kakanov over two and a half breaks of serve at minus 150, or just the over and breaks of serve at five and a half. From what oh, we yeah. saw in the last match between these two, even in Antwerp, which was a straight set win for Korda, a 7 6 7 5. There were five breaks of serve in two sets, and Kakanov had two of them. So, two and a half for Kakanov. Like, I don't think Korda's a great server. I think he's fine, but the unforced error account gets so ugly for Korda at times. If we're expecting a marathon, two and a half breaks of serve in minus 150, and that's a very good deal for Kakanov. Yeah, I like that as well. I think 
I like like we both said. I think this is going to be a long match, and it, as long if it keeps going longer and longer, the better off you're going to be because we're going to have more chances at the breaks of serve. Um, I see also a prop of over under twenty four and a half aces in the match. It's an interesting one. I see twenty five um, and a half. Uh, I see. I still see twenty four and a half. I'm saying if you moment. want to take if you want to take the under, I found twenty five and a half at minus one fifteen. Uh, I'm I'm trying to find my way to the over here. Okay. Uh, in Khashanov's match versus Tiafo, he had 20 aces. Tiafo had 15 aces. Um, in his match versus Kubler, he only had 15 aces. I can't say that Quarter will have more aces than Khashanov. I'm expecting five to ten aces around for Quarter, uh, which gives uh, about um, you know 20, 15 to 20 aces for Khashanov, which is about right. You know, I, I don't see too much there, but I think it was just um, cool to mention that aces are back up for matches. I have team totals for aces if you want it. Korda's at 11.5 and, and Kakanov's at 12.5. Wow, 11, Kakanov's only at 12.5? That I like. I like the over okay. for Kakanov at 12.5 there. 12 and a half been doing it every match. Yeah. Doing minus it every single so. match. Yeah. But either way, uh, you have anything else you want to add or we're just expecting a close match? I'm going to lean Kakanov. You're going to lean Korda. I think we both like the over. And I like the over mm-hmm. for breaks on Kakanov at two and a half at uh, two and a half to break Korda serve three times at minus 150. And I think we're both going to agree on the aces for Kakanov. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, How many times did Korda get, uh, get broken in his last match? That's just... I'm interested in. I'm gonna take a look right here. Well, there are a couple of blowout sets in there. Three, he got yep. He got he got broken three times. Yeah, so. and I believe that Herkes did have a break point or two in the fifth, so it could have been even more. But mm-hmm. uh, yes, uh, if you're actually looking at it, a five-five, Corda had to fight off fifteen forty. So mm-hmm. Kakanov did have a couple chances there. But either way, uh, moving on to the next match, gonna go with the Sitsipas match next, taking on Laheka. A Sissy Paz big favorite around minus 600. Laheka's plus 460 the other way. Spread is six and a half games. Uh, juice to Laheka, but around minus 123. Over under is at around 36, 35 and a half, 36 and a half, give or take. And we also have the aces and double and uh, breaks of serve prop, stuff like that. But starting off with the actual meat and potatoes of this match, do you think Sissy Paz should be this big of a favorite because he's been good this tournament? He was a little bit shaky there against Sinner, got it back together for the fifth as he ended up winning after almost blowing a 2-0 set lead. Well, heck, has been good, and he beat Felix. I had I like the over three and a half sets there, and he ended up winning in four. I feel like there's value on Laheka, and I think six and a half is too many games. We I've seen Paz self-destruct too many times with the unforced errors. Laheka's steady. He's not afraid to come to the net with a kind of a makeshift serve and volley or even just to approach with a pretty solid forehand or backhand down the line. He's not afraid to be aggressive and to end points early, and I think that's going to pay dividends here. I think there's value on Laheka. Yeah, no, I'm. that's where I'm going as well. I'm going to the side of Laheka here. I just think, like you said, minus 650 is a little bit too much. I can understand minus 450, yeah. minus 650, and the corresponding spreads and totals, I think, is a little too much. I'm also looking at the over 35 and a half. You'd be able to cash on two tie breaks and a 6-4, but I actually think it will go four sets here. I think he Lechka definitely has a chance to win a set, uh, but I, at the end of the day, I think Tsitsipas is going to win, just not by that much. Yeah, I'm a little bit confused why the over is around 36 and the over in sets is three and a half, but the juice on the over 36 is minus 115 and the juice on the three and a half sets is minus 120. 
I'm not expecting any blowout sets here. I think that Tsitsipas and Lehek are good enough to hold on a, on a somewhat regular basis. You might get a breaker in there, maybe two. I don't see a 6-2 or a 6-1 set or anything like that. I think each set will be relatively long. So I don't really understand why over three and a half sets is only five cents more, expense, more expensive than the 36. That kind of confuses me. Uh, but I, th- I like the over 36 more because you could get two breakers and a 6-4 for a push, as you said before. But I think Lehecka's alive to win this match. I saw Pass against Sinner. I thought that he was very good to start. Sinner really had a hard time hitting his first serve, and that has been an issue for his entire career. And Pass took advantage early, then his serve, and really the backhand kind of self-destructed for Pass, and then he got it back together at the end. But Lehecka, I think, is good. And I think these young guys keep being kind of undervalued throughout the entire tournament, and they keep showing up and winning matches. So I think Oheka's got a shot. I'm not saying he's going to win the match. I think he's got a decent chance to make this interesting. Oh, let's put it this way. I think at some point in the match, Oheka's live money line will be cheaper than plus 460. Yeah, I, I agree with you at some point there. Um, and I'm just looking at the over. I, I like what you said, the over in games. Yeah, and I think Lehecka plus 6.5 is also probably worth something. Um, I see a 35.5 at minus 120 at the over. That's probably what I'd be targeting. Yeah, that'll take. Uh, if you want to go for breaks, by the way, Lehecka to break Sitsipas, uh two times or more is minus 150. Sitsipas's break number is 4.5 at minus 150 at the over? Wow. I feel like that's serious disrespect, isn't it? Like, Lehecka served well of... against Felix. Yeah, it's a lot of breaks. He, he had five... Uh, breaks a serve against center, but that of course went five, and that was a you know thriller there. So yeah, if, if, uh, Sitsipa, if we're wrong and Sitsipas wins in straight sets, then four and a half still means if you even get two breaks in a set and the others are six four, you win. It's plus right. one twenty. Like that's a really high number. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Okay, uh, but I think we see eye to eye there, leaning to the over, and also going to lean to Laheka plus six and a half. And I also don't mind that over one and a half breaks for Laheka. We've seen Sitsi Paz have some unforced error issues in his entire career, and I do think that two breaks is reasonable for Oleka to pull off. But either way, uh, moving on to the American match, you have Tommy Paul taking on Ben Shelton. Paul, big favorite, minus 240. Shelton around plus 200 the other way. Over under is at 39.5. And the spread is 4.5 for Paul being favored, and 4.5 for Shelton, roughly minus 110 each way. Shelton pulled off an incredible feat, which I've not seen in a while, by a player not named either Opelka or Isner or any like Federer or whatever. He went to five sets and did not get broken in the entire match. In five sets. Wow. Which is really something that you don't see that often, especially for a guy that's 20 years old. This time last year, Shelton was winning college championships, and now he's going to be in the top, I believe, 50 and he's also in the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam. The serve's incredible. The forehand's really good. The backhand could use some work, though. Tommy Paul, kind of the opposite. I feel like Tommy Paul is more of a rallier. He can dial it up on occasion for the big serve, but mostly a very returnable serve. Am I wrong for thinking there's value on Shelton here? Because I do think if Shelton can keep the serve on point, he's going to have his breakpoint chances against Paul because Paul doesn't serve that that well. I don't know. I'm I'm back here looking at the Tommy Paul match. I'm back here looking at Tommy Paul spread. I think Tommy Paul is just is just the better player here. He is the I better think Tom, player. I agree with that. It, and I think Tommy Paul 
if he's going to get his opportunities against Beth Shelton, which I think he will be able to, I think he'll be able to take advantage because of the quality of player. Uh, we see Ben Shelton. He played J.J. Wolf, Papyr, and Jari Zhang. It's the reason why I like J.J. Wolf in that match. Ended up not going my way. But this time, it's just another level of player, I think, with Tommy Paul. Um, I think Tommy Paul is going to be able to handle him pretty easily. Yeah, and I know Wolf also got injured in that fifth set. I believe he hurt his hamstring or knee. So that kind of resulted in the blowout in the fifth set. But I'm just looking at the actual just spread. I think if Shelton can hold on a somewhat regular basis, I think Paul's going to get broken a couple times in this match. Now, the point that I'm trying to make is Paul might win the match. And I think he should be favored by a decent amount because Shelton hasn't proven yet that he's going to be up to the challenge so far there's been no issues but i think we can see shelton win a set 6-3 something like that i think it, a decent amount of paul's sets might come via tie break because shelton is such a good server and if you're going to give me four and a half with the significantly better server i think there might be value on that no it's really tough for me it's really tough for me i don't think I there's don't, much I... value on the match so for that reason i'm going to lean to the dog because i feel like the spread's kind of a coin flip so I'll take the better server getting four and a half games. Yeah, I can understand that, especially what we've seen as a result of the Wolf match. We saw three tiebreakers throughout the throughout the match. And if it goes there, it's fine for the plus four and a half because you're only going to lose one game there. So it's really close, really, really close for this one. I probably will not be giving out Paul as the spread for alternate spread for my dog, but you'll have to wait and see if that's true. I just I like I like Paul winning the match. Uh, I'm not I'm not going for any of the spreads. I, the over is not bad at 38 and a half. I consider that, or maybe over three and a half sets. But at the end of the day, I think Tommy Paul is going to take it home. I, I, do not I, see I think any the over is tricky. Personally, I I just think I can't get behind the over because I think even with a tie break in there, we know Tommy Paul is capable. Assuming that everything clicks for a service game or maybe Shelton wears down over the the actual tournament length because he's played a bunch of matches, Paul could win a set 6-2. Like, it's not unheard of if he would end up getting a couple breaks. He's a really good returner. And I'm worried about that one either outlier set or maybe just a consistent 6-4, 6-3 result where even one tiebreaker might not get you there. Yeah, but if if you go four sets, yeah, if it goes six to one of the sets and it still goes four, you're in it's it's trouble. still a sweat. That's my point. So I don't even feel great about the over there because I could see one potential blowout set. But what do we have for over three and a half sets? That's minus two hundred. Oof, that's tough. that's what I'm saying. So I I don't I don't really see much here. Yeah, I, I um I'm leaning Shelton on the games because I got nothing else. If you want to take Tommy Paul game total over for like a player prop it's 21 and a half so if he wins three sets could win a breaker in there which gives you an extra game but even if he avoids like a 6-3 if he gets a 6-4 loss set and he wins the match you win so you have some arguments i i'm i'm gonna just throw out one play that i like for this one that just for the record and just throw it out there for anyone listening. You actually convinced me to the minus three and a half, Tommy Paul. I'm just going to go over there because if he does have one of those sets, I think he will be able to cover. I think it's a very, very close though, but if I'm making a play on this match, that's where I'm going. Okay. Uh, but moving on to the final match, going to talk about Djokovic and Rublev. 
Djokovic, big favorite, minus 700 because he's healthy now, apparently. Uh, looking at the actual spread, Djokovic minus 6.5, Rublev plus 6.5, over under 35.5. Djokovic in straight sets is minus 105. You can probably find even money. Rublev plus 2.5 sets is minus 125. Or if you want to just take the over 3.5 sets, that's a minus 115. Djokovic, are we calling it a fluke? Or do we think he's actually fully healthy and he's about to dominate the entire competition? I don't know if he's fully healthy, but it definitely looks like he's healthy enough to be Novak. He went from uh, like 50% to 80. That's how I would sum it up. He was like 80 to 90% last night. I thought he was great. Occasionally, he pulled up and maybe didn't go with the full-on split like he would for a couple of shots to keep it in play. But for the most part, he looked like he was 80 85% back, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that Djokovic will be able to, um, you know, pull out on the, pull through on this one and move on to the semifinals for sure. Uh, I think Djokovic will do well against Rublev. He's almost like a demon hour player, a little bit better serve, a little bit of a better forehand, more powerful. But uh, you're going against Novak here, which you know, a powerful forehand may not do it for you, especially if it's a little erratic. And which t- at times we could see that with Rublev. I'm going to go over to the player props, player games one, and take the under 14 and a half for Rublev. Uh, given that even if he wins a set six with a six winner, he's going to need nine to cover. And we've seen Novak be able to pull off six twos, six ones without an issue throughout this tournament. So I'm going to go with the under 14 and a half. And it's, of course, um, if we, Novak wins in straight sets, it's almost pretty much a lock that it's, that's that's going to hit. Yeah, and to look through the two career hardcore matches, Djokovic has won both. First one was in 2021. Second one was actually in 2022 in the ATP Finals, so basically a month and a half ago. And so reasonably recent sample size, Djokovic has not dropped a set on hardcore 6-3-6-2 and 6-4-6-1. Plus, Rublev has some fatigue concerns now because he went to the five-set war against Rune. He's kind of lucky to be here at this point, but he went to five sets. He pulled it out, but we know the unforced error count for Rublev always gets dangerously high. Djokovic didn't face a break point against a very solid returner in Diminor, so his serve was on point. I think Djokovic wins comfortably. I'm with you. I think I'll probably go with Djokovic Straight sets, I think, is reasonable, but I am a little bit paranoid about even just one slip up there for Djokovic. Six and a half games. I see 15 and a half for a uh, player total for Rublev. I feel a lot better about that one because even if he ends up getting six in a set, it's possible that he loses the other three sets, six, three apiece. And if that happens, you win. So mm-hmm. I see 15 and a half for a game total. I'm going to take the same bet as you. But I've just found a better number. I'll just take the under Odds. 15 instead. Minus 110. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, absolutely. Then I'll, I'll take the extra one. Why not? Yeah. And I, deal. I, you're even having a bit of insurance there if uh, Rublev wins a set because he could just get blown out in a set or two and you're back on track. So, going with Djokovic there. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for the actual uh, game or match you think, previews. You think Rublev wins any? You think he has a chance to win a set, Rublev, or no? I, th- I think he's got a shot to win a set because I still am curious. As as we we've seen from Djokovic in the past, especially in that Diminor match, he looks fine, but every now and then there's one bad step, one lunge, where suddenly he aggravates something, and I kind of wonder if if that does happen then Rublev, of course, has a decent shot to win a set. If Djokovic looks anywhere near as well as he did on Monday morning, 
then he's going to kill him it's just the way it is. So it's mm-hmm. the only concern is injury and assuming Djokovic is not still at 100%, but assuming he's anywhere near where he was in the Diminor match, he'll win 6-4 or less in pretty much every set. I thought he was that good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah, but that's going to wrap it up for the actual match previews. Uh, before we actually get into the lock and dog segment, going to take a quick word from our sponsor, brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the SportsCam Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays. The NFL playoffs are also here. It's time for the uh, championship weekend there, and you have a bunch of chances to live bet and do same game parlays. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get $100. Limited state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 in free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgampodcast.com slash winbet, so they know we send you the sportsgampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer a subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Sam, we both were undefeated. Then we ended up splitting the last time out. Time to get back on track for the sweeps. What is your lock and dog for the show? I'm going to give a big warning out for this one. I'm I'm going to say straight up here. I've got less to choose from. I'm not as confident as I was in the beginning of the tournament. Well, you have more matches, of course. Tremendous so. amount to choose from, right? Yeah. So I'm going. I'm going here with things that I like a lot. But uh, you know, when I was confident about Tommy Paul throughout the tournament, I was confident about Tommy Paul throughout the tournament. All right. So for my lock for this podcast, I'm actually gonna go I think against you here I'm gonna go with Sebastian Cor- Sebastian Corda minus 130 on the money line I just think that he looked very very good throughout this tournament I think Hashanov still has something to prove here I think it was more Nishioka not playing well throughout those first two sets to see those six zeros six zeros of course he might have a slight edge in terms of the fatigue factor yeah. but I um, I think Corda is going to be able to be fresh enough even after playing the five sets to pull through and to be Hashanov. Even when he played Djokovic in that last tournament, he was able to go three there. I just think his quality of play right now is on, you know, probably the best he's ever played. Uh, I'm going to go with Sebastian Corda at minus 130. All right. And what is your dog? Uh, I'm going to go with um, the goats here. I think he's if he's anything like he was, which he... Uh, against Demon Hour, and he said he didn't feel anything anymore. So that's a very, very big positive for him. I think that he's going to be able to pull through in big fashion if he is healthy, which he says he is. I'm going to go with the long one here. I'm going to go with, well, not that long. I'm going to go with um, him just a, a long in the match. 3 nothing Djokovic, straight set winner, plus 105. If he's able to do what he just did again against the same kind of player, he's going to have the same exact result or same type of result. And, you know, if if there ends up being a mental challenge, Djokovic has a supreme, supreme edge within this match, against, especially against a guy like Rublev. So I'm going to go with the straight set winner, 3 nothing Djokovic, plus 105. All right. Uh, so for my lock, I think I've been actually go with some props uh, for this one. My lock's going to be Kakanov over two and a half breaks 
uh, at minus 150 is juicy, but I think this number should be higher. Korda is getting better with the serve. He's still not amazing at it. And Herc has had some chances there, did break him a couple of times. You also mentioned fatigue. If I think it's going to be a bit of a longer match, then you have more games to work with. And Korda is potentially going to be exhausted and maybe punt a service game or two. But Kakanov over two and a half breaks uh, on Korda's serve, I think, has value. I'll take that at minus 150 as my lock. And for my dog, I think I'm actually going to go with the same exact prop, but I'm going to go to the Sissy Possible Hecka match. I'm going to take the under four and a half breaks for Sitsipas at plus 120. I think the number is just way too high. I think Laheka is a pretty good server. I know he has some decent net qualities, and he definitely could shorten the point. He did it against Felix, where he was willing to actually be aggressive and to charge the net. And I think that Sitsipas, if he gets a break and he goes up in a set, he might punt a couple of return games later to save energy to serve it out. I just think that four and a half is really too high. And even if Sitsipas dominates... That's fine with me. That means that you have a three set, you have three sets, and he needs five breaks in three sets, which I don't see happening. Give me the Sitsi Pass breaks of serve under four and a half at plus one twenty. I'm shocked that's plus money. That seems way too high, doesn't it? You said he broke center what five yeah. times in five sets. Mm-hmm. But that's a yeah. huge amount of service games. That's a massive sample size, and he only got five. Yeah, and you're getting plus money here, so you really you can't complain about that price. Yeah, and I just wanted to see quickly. Uh, I know we're about to wrap it up, but I wanted to see how what uh, Sinner's first serve percentage was in that match because selective recall. I believe Sinner was horrible when I when I watched the match. I thought Henner, I thought Sinner was really missing a bunch of first serves, which kind of has been undoing his his undoing in some of these longer matches. Uh, let me just see quickly. Sorry. So Sinner in that match in five sets ended up. Uh, hit, okay, so he was 68% first serve, which is actually very good. I thought it was a lot worse. Uh, but I think it was the third and fourth sets where he really picked it up. So third set, he was at 80. Second set, he was 76. First set, he was 74. Fourth set, he was 48%. Wait, or is that? Yeah, he was 48% first serve in the fourth set and 58% first serve in the fifth set. So Sitsipas had opportunities because... Sinner just couldn't hit a first serve in the final two sets, and that's why Sinner had to fight off uh, five out of six break points in the fifth set. I think Leheck will be more consistent with the serve, and I think as a result, those numbers are inflated. But uh, once again, uh, Sam, your pick's going to be Korda Moneyline at minus 130, and you're going Djokovic 3 nothing as your dog. My pick's going to be two props. I'm going to go with... Kakanov over two and a half breaks of serve at minus 150, and Sitsipas under four and a half breaks of serve at plus 120. That's going to wrap it up for the show. Anything else you want to say before we officially end it? Yeah, you catch me at, at Sam Jacob Tennis, putting on some uh, tennis content, also reviewing uh, the podcast after each picks are done. So you can find me there at Sam Jacob Tennis. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. I'll be on the NBA show tomorrow, I'll be on the NFL show later this week. A lot of usual content. You got the, as I said before in the ad read, you got the semifinals of the NFL, the title, the championship game weekends, which should be a lot of fun. Four very good teams left. So it should be competitive football, should be good quality. Other than that, though, uh, once again, we're back for the tennis show for the semis. So probably a couple days off here because there is a layoff in between the quarters and the semis. But we'll be back probably a day in advance to make sure you all have ample time to make the bets. Either way, until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.